I'm Sandy. And I'm Amy. We're two women taking on life's questions as posed by our listeners. In this podcast, we're channeling over 10 decades of life experience to tackle the probing questions and issues by first recognizing the real and life situations. While we also pursue the ideal in the conversations. Thanks for joining us. And if you like our podcast, please share, rate, review so others can listen in. Now to our conversation. Hello, Sandy. Episode 36. How are you? I am wonderful. Um, And hello to all of our listeners or viewers. Spring has not sprung where I'm at, but I'm trying to make the best of it because hopefully (laughs) By the time everybody listens to this, it is springy and Eastery weekend, and we get a beautiful one, but we always know that's kind of a crapshoot where we live, right? Yes. I have pictures of my kids when they're a little wearing winter coats on with their Easter dresses and stuff. It's like, it was crazy. I feel like more times than not, we have good weather. Um, mm-hmm. If anything, maybe it's a little rainy, but I feel like a majority of the pictures are nice. So I'm going to be wishful thinking. And actually I've got my sweater dress on and I'm going to get my thick coat out because it's kind of fun to play dress up on what I'm going to say is the last wintry day. And, you know, (laughs) I'm going to put everything away by next weekend is my hope. So let's see if it works. So I went the opposite direction and I'm wearing my spring pink. Nice. And I was like, I'm, I'm like feeling uh, ready for spring. But, <laughs> That's okay. So well, yeah. the, the mixed karma is going to bring it. So right, right, right. Which that brings us to the topic of conflict. Like our topic today is conflict, you know, avoiding it, embracing it. And I'm just going to say this podcast is inspired by one of our listeners who sent me another podcast about conflict. And she was like, this is really a good conversation because she knows I'm involved in some other stuff that it could be helpful with. And uh, when I was listening, I was like, oh my gosh, Sandy, we need to talk about this because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's so true. And the podcast was Michael Hyatt's podcast. Oh, I like um, Michael Hyatt. Yeah, it, it was um, how to handle dissent and disagreement in your organization. And I, I will put the link in the, in our stuff so that you can find it if you want to listen to it. Um, So it was a lot about organizational dissent and conflict, but there's also this personal side of conflict, right? And so let's talk a little bit about, um, about thoughts on conflict. What do you think? I like being able to talk about the personal side. You know, I love the organizational side, but I guess my passion kind of lies in the personal side too, because even if you take the organizational side, I'm going to walk away a little bit because my dog is whining. Um, (laughs) If you take the organizational side, yeah, it comes down to personal as well. And I think there's even some themes in it uh, of male versus female of what happens when you don't deal with conflict. Uh, You create stories. uh, There's a bit of passiveness with it. Um, People embracing conflict. I I don't like the word too, I tell you. I wish there was a better word. Conflict, it means war, right? 
Like right. that, it's some kind of, that's the natural feeling when I hear the word conflict is war. I wish there was a better word for it. What about dissent? Yeah. I think it's a little bit more neutral of you have one idea and somebody is dissenting. They're not waging war. Right. There's not a conflict. It's just like a disagreement and productive communication, you know, the, uh, yeah. there's, and then you throw in too the fact that, um, you know, sometimes conflict, because you can't get away from the word because it is there, right? right. The other part of conflict is sometimes uh, drama is associated with that. Some people enjoy conflict because it creates drama and an emotion that they get a charge off of. So right. there's a lot of, there's so many positive things to conflict and dealing, dealing with conflict in a good way and ignoring it really doesn't get you anywhere unless it's ignoring drama, right? Or right. being able to parse your way through that. Um, so yeah, good subject, lots of different angles to this one. And we all deal with it. The reality is the real is conflict exists avoiding conflict when you need to have a conversation to either come to understanding. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have commonality. Okay, back to dissent. You know, all the Supreme Court justices don't always agree on everything and then they write their, their dissenting opinion, right? They, and they, they state why they don't agree, but many of them are still, you know, they, they're friends and they uh, appreciate each other in the end. But we right. humans so find that hard. I think that's a really good point because one of the, the articles or somewhere I was doing when I was doing all my research this week and finding all this stuff, one of the things it mentioned was you can have conflict and then you can have dissent, but you can still walk away in alignment because I think it's key to let everyone voice their opinion but then there's also this majority rule. So you think of the Supreme Court, you know, we can have everybody writes their opinion. They get to all either be in favor or in dissent, but they come out of it aligned as the Supreme Court says this, this right. is the decision. The ruling. Right. It's the ruling. So um, I think giving people the opportunity to voice Right. The dissent is a really good way to move to that resolve step of resolving the conflict. One of the things that the podcast mentioned was um, the physiological effects of when somebody, when there's conflict, like when you, like somebody disagrees and it's mm -hmm. that split second of what your body does. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Oh, I'm sure all the time. I was going to say, yeah. What are some of the things that happen to you? It is taking it personally. And so because I'm taking it personally, you can read me like a book. You yeah. know, that's one thing I've always been told. Like you can just see something go in my yeah. face, in my mannerisms, <laughs> um, because I'm trying to take what, it, and so knowing that as, I, as I've aged, and, and I, honestly, I'm going to give Garrett a lot of credit for this because he is the king of positive conflict. Um, oh, it was very, it was very difficult for me because I wasn't used to that. Um, 
I wasn't used to that because I don't think that's a normal trait for people. I think you have to work on it. And when you see the benefits of it and you find different techniques to have conversations, you know, part of it is the crucial conversations, correct? Open mm -hmm. communication. But for me, when I feel that trigger, I have to immediately tell myself, don't take it personally. Listen, don't take it personally. And um, I would tell you, there is a core value that I always go back to in any kind of conversation, potential conflict, differing of opinion. And it really came off of my personal relationship with Garrett very early on. You know, we were on second marriages and both of us were looking for very open communication. And Garrett is very good at that. He, he appreciates, he wants to talk through everything, right? And mm -hmm. so he likes conflict if it, if, it, if it broadens communication and brings some form of consensus. So right. silent treatment does not work for him. You know, we talk everything out. He wants to gauge what I'm thinking. So there's no passive aggression. That just doesn't exist, you know, in our life. But my one driving point that I always go back to is there being, there's real is different than right. Okay. So if you yeah. get, get, take yourself out of the conversation for trying to be right. Okay. But the feelings are real, right? So, okay. so the feelings are real, but don't argue about who's right. Be open-minded to hear the feelings are real and where you're coming from with those feelings. And if you don't come from a place of trying to be right, there's less of a conflict that's felt and it's more of an understanding. So, exactly. so I have a feeling you read my research before our podcast. <laughs> well, maybe Garrett did and he's explained <laughs> it to me when we talk things out. Could that be? It could be because a lot of it, that's a lot of what the research said because this physiological thing goes back to, you know, the Neanderthal time when, when there was conflict was life or death. So there's a tiger chasing you down and in a split second, you have to make a decision. So do you fight? Do you flight? Or do you freeze? I'm sure right. you've heard that the fight, flight, freeze. I hadn't actually. I like that. Oh, you hadn't? Oh, I hadn't. That's no. That's so what, telling you something new. There you go. So this, this fight, is, you know, staying there and you know, digging in and being ready to fight. That flight is we're avoiding it. We're just going to run away and say, I'm not dealing with this conflict. And the freeze um, can actually be a really good tool. It's a pause. It's kind of right. like, a, I'm not avoiding. If you freeze forever, then you are avoiding it. But you can, that's where you can stop. And they said it ties into, um, so uh, your amygdala, is that right? Amygdala, your brain. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I know I'm not a scientist. So, um, and your amygdala gets hijacked in that moment of conflict for that split second. So it's your, you're going back to, you know, natural instincts. Okay. And what you just said about that mantra of don't take it personal, that's exactly what they said to have a mantra of, okay, I can feel my heart racing. I know I'm, you know, I'm, know I'm getting like my, I'm hijacked and what am I going to do with this? So if you have- Proving a, that you're right is not the right answer. 
Right, right, right. So it, it actually ties to going to being mindful of what's happening in your body and um, pausing. And they actually said, repeat a mantra, whatever your mantra is. Mm -hmm. And then it said, um, start paying attention to sights and sounds and smells around you because, you know, you can sit here and you can be like, Oh, okay. So because you're still listening, but you're not, you're trying to overcome this, this hijacking that's happened. So you're trying to focus on other things to kind of calm your system down. And then at that point, you can start, you, you start regulating your body better. And so you'll have a more maybe empathetic understanding, you know, opening to this conversation. So one of my other mantras is if I feel it escalating for different reasons, you know, some different types of conflict uh, uh, is I'll just say, Sandy, chill the hell out. <laughs> you know, just, I mean, I'll kind of yell at myself a little bit and say, chill out. But, you know, one thing that's interesting too, Amy, is to remember, you know, some of the things we're talking about now in generality is dealing with conflict when you know that both parties, you know, are being real, right? That maybe have different forms of opinion, whatever, but then there's the conflict with people that do not have good intent. And the example I'll give to you, and I did not know this, but you know, culturally different cultures embrace conflict differently, right? In America, it's not polite to conflict. Maybe that's changed a little bit. This was five years ago. I tell you that has changed a little bit. So five years ago, yeah. I worked a lot with people from Ireland and okay. they always called it Midwestern politeness and also American, but there was someone that played on that because he could get his way by creating conflict because Americans didn't like that. And I observed him with business people in Ireland and I used, it was our joke, I called it... Um, I called it, what do you call that fighting? I can't think of it now. It's been five. I called it ultimate fighting in suits because that's how they would have, I'd sit on on calls. And I mean, it was conflict, 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 punching each other in the nose and back and forth, back and forth. And that's how they communicated. And what he learned was if he put conflict into a situation with his American counterparts, they were taken aback. They didn't know how to respond to it. And he got his way. So the reason I bring that up is you know, you can be manipulated by people through conflict because our knee-jerk reaction is we don't like it. And, you know, I think that's a more typical reaction. Some are different than others. We said male, female, mm -hmm. uh, cultural countries, but part of having those techniques and what you're talking about too, is being able to still have a say at the table. So if it's back to work situations, you people create conflict at times to get their way because people will back off. So right. controlling your response to it can have added benefits to the organization because that's not organizational, organizationally good way to conduct business, right? Right, right. So in the Michael Hyatt podcast, one of the things um, he mentioned was to look at conflict as a gift. And I would say Garrett probably looks at it as a gift because mm -hmm. it helps him understand other perspectives, especially your perspective. But let's put this into an organization. So, you know, you're, you have this team of people and if everyone's in agreement and you guys all walk out and nobody voices any kind of 
hey, have we thought about this? Hey, um, you know, there's, we, if we don't create a safe space to have dissent and have those conversations, then that means you probably aren't getting um, a full awareness of the, what your project entails or what you're trying to do and how it affects people. If they're, because everything has pros and cons, everything. Right. There is, I don't know of anything that has no cons. So um, I'm going to take a different angle here because I'd like okay. your input where this came up and why I wrote it down. Like I ran into the other room, Garrett and I were having dinner and uh -huh. you ran in the other room. I love it. I ran in the other room because I wanted to write it down. Pause. I didn't have a pen. Pause. <laughs> I want to write that down. And what I wrote down were two things, two statements out of the conversation. Real is different than right. Okay. And the other thing was, and I put it in quotes, if you feel it, say it, which is actually a, comes out of a John Mayer song. And I probably talked about this before, but what the conversation was, was he was telling me about a friend of his that he was coaching um, because he was having some problems in his relationship with his girlfriend. And he kept saying, but I can't talk to her about that. She'll get upset. I can't, I can't bring that up because I don't know how she'll respond. And she's not a bad person, but he, there was, obviously he's talking to Garrett and he doesn't want to talk to his girlfriend about these things. And my point was, you know, can he start it on a level playing field to say, you know what, it's not about who's right or wrong. This isn't about, I'm not pointing the finger. This is just how I feel. This is how I, you know, set that even playing field. But my, my point of bringing this up, and that's when I thought of these things by like, oh gosh, I wish she was having this conversation with him because he's just trying to make things better, right? But she doesn't want the conflict and he doesn't want the conflict of her response. And it, it seems like the crazy train, right? right. But how do you deal with conflict when you want to bring something up that starts conflict and you know, the other person is going to respond in the way that we're talking about, right? So we can control ourselves and how we respond to conflict. But how about if you're the person that's bringing up a topic or something that you know is going to have this response that we're talking about? How do you bring that coach, that person to get into a conflicting conversation? <laughs> what do you think? Because I'm going to write it down, Amy, and I'm going to pull Garrett over dinner when you tell me. Um. That's interesting because everything, all the research I did was about how to handle yourself and how to, uh, it, and one of the things that I had written down is how, it's kind of tied to that, is how if you want somebody to do something different and it's the conflict type of point, how do you, and they're not changing. So that's another avenue. But I don't know, like, I don't know the answer to that. Do you have the answer? You know, or do you I just think, have the question? <laughs> no, no, I think I thought about it a lot because back yeah. to when it's a real situation, you really try to think through how to deal with it because I like both of these people and it does no good for me. You know, women, this is what, what would happen, Amy, typically. I'm going to go and talk to her and say, well, guess what? He's talking to Garrett. So I'm talking to you. And how would I feel if I were her? Right. And right. it really needs to come from him. Right. Yeah. And, I and agree Garrett's that. sharing with me. Um, and that this is a real life situation. These kind of things happen all the time. So this is a real example. I think personally, I don't like it when people say to me, okay, you're not going to like what I say, right? Because then I'm, I'm already right away. I'm like, oh, 
you know, he's overthought right. this. It's hard not to take it personally. I really do like, and, and Garrett and I did this a lot when we first started dating, because I tended to be more, hmm, you know, we're going to talk about everything. Uh, if we just, if he said, you know what, there's just some things I've been thinking about and they might seem out there and I don't help me think through whether they're right or wrong. You know, I don't think I'm right on this, but it's how I feel. Can we talk through it and, you know, figure out maybe that approach? I think that's a great approach because it's not saying you're doing this wrong and I want this. It's more of a, I'm feeling this way. Let's talk this through. And one of the things I'm remembering, so I love, that is a great tip, is when we read that uh, Thanks for the Feedback book, one of the foundational things that they said is you have to have a relationship of trust. Trust that everybody's in it with the right motives. Every, we, we have things that we admire about people, we, so that that foundational piece is there before you can give feedback. So that's huge. And I'm guessing if he's in a relationship, then they have that foundational piece. So it's just creating the conversation that she feels safe. And I think carrying that too, if you're in a meeting, it could be your association, it could be a board that I'm serving on, but really taking the the trusting opinion, but, but saying, Hey, you know, let throw the elephant, you know, the elephant in the room, we're not all on the same page on this. Let's get each other's perspective and let's talk this through and come with, don't do some big dissertation on, you know, we need to blah, 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 or don't take a side. Don't, and just throw it out there. And even some levity saying, levity saying, you know, it's real. We can all feel it. Let's, you know, all tensions aside, cell phones down, nothing's right or wrong. Let's talk, you know, let, let's work this through. Let's work this through. I like that idea of, and not saying, not pontificating of this is what's going wrong. This is what we need to do. It's just put it out there. I love that. All right. So um, this, I love this conversation. I think we should do another podcast on this. because well, Wouldn't it be fun to try different things? You yeah. know, like to try different, maybe I need to get out more a little bit right now. Um <laughs> But, but to try different techniques or talk about real life examples of when they come up and mm-hmm. how much better, well, as my dog is jumping on the door. <laughs> Sorry, Amy and I are both Amy jumping like, the dog just jumped on the door. <laughs> this is going to be called the Zeke episode. How do I deal with conflict with my dog? Well, there is no conflict because the world revolves around him. Now, right. Amy, I'm with you. There's so many great conversations from this. So we started, we talked a little bit about avoiding conflict and we, we mentioned it's not good to avoid conflict, you know, but what are the pitfalls to avoiding conflict? And I know stories is one. I think you avoid conflict because you make up stories in your head. You may, I think things become even bigger than they are just innately because you make up stories in your head. You try to get people on your side. So you talk, look at what's happening with this example. We know what happens in the workplace. We know what happens in organizations that people make sides out of things. It happens in relationships because the friend's talking to my husband, my yeah. girlfriend, right? And I think things simmer and they get bigger. They just grow if you address it right when it happens. Um, I would say though that if 
you don't create a safe place for people to voice concerns or voice dissent, then you're creating an environment where it's simmering in them. And what I mean is like, if you are constantly have that knee jerk and you're defensive, um, then you're, you're creating avoidance in other people because they don't feel safe talking to you about anything. And I don't think that's good in personal relationships or work relations or any relationship. It's just not good. It's, you have to make people feel safe. You know, I, I think another tip that I'd say, just a tip, because there are bad things, is it, conflict resolution comes more naturally for some people than others. Like Garrett innately is not going to take something personally. He loves feedback. Yeah. And and what can, I can tell you is back to good versus bad. Some people don't embrace people, these people that are very good with conflict re res resolution, because that doesn't, if it's individual, that, that doesn't feed their drama. They like conflict. If it's in the workplace, right. they're not getting their way. So another technique is if you know, or if you work with somebody or relationship, those are usually the people to seek out. Um, they're people that are seeking for harmony. They're listeners. They want to understand. Ask them back to the buddy system, not to align, but to help bring something forward. Kind of like this friend went to Garrett. I think it's because he knows Garrett's very good at coaching on how to do that, on how to effectively do that, but embrace those people because they're out there. And I, I find that they tend to be the minority, but it's good to use their skills. They're yeah. the, it's the divorce attorney really, because they're looking, they're taking situations. That's the worst example because they're trying to find harmony and an endpoint in a bad situation. Right. And we all say there are certain people I could never do what they're doing, but they're good at it. So seek them out and partner with them and lean on them. Right. Right. And, and you know, another person to partner with in group situations, work situations are the ones that, you know, always dissent, the ones that like the drama and have pre-conversations. I know I've done this in the groups that I serve with is, okay, I know this is gonna be a sticky conversation for this person. They're, they're not gonna be on board. So how can I manage this change through with them to right. get them to where they're aligned at the point. end? And so that you don't walk into a meeting and you know they're all, they, they have that reaction, you can prepare them and say, okay, ask me some questions. And then you're engaging them and kind of mitigating their effect on the whole group and helping them and, and taking into consideration some of their dissent. You know, it could be, oh, that's a good point. So anyway, one of that's the- That's a great point. Um, so here's a really quick question. There's there's two things I want to share. Can you tell, I can talk about this all day. <laughs> Um, is there ever a time when it's appropriate to avoid? And I'm going to say yes. Mm -hmm. Social media, there's no reason to engage in social media if you disagree. There is absolutely no reason for most, unless you, like, unless it's just morally bad, you know what I mean? And then you need to speak up. But um, the other thing, I had a situation the other day where a stranger was talking to me and we were in a confined space and it was just she and I in the room. And she said something that 
made me really uncomfortable. And it was a, a racial comment. And I was a very, it took me really, uh, I just, I, I was speechless. And I will tell you, I spent my whole Friday or all last Thursday, like beating myself up about not speaking up. And she was a stranger, but, but she, I was talking to my husband about it. I'm like, what is it about me that she thought it was okay to say that? And then she met my silence and she noticed I did not laugh. I didn't think it was funny. And then she goes, then she did say, I shouldn't be like that. So I think she read my silence as, all right, this is not acceptable to this person, but I didn't say anything. Some so people do like the shock factor, Amy. That's the thing I tell you is conflict is not always good if people, back to my point on, there was someone that I worked with that used conflict to get his way. Yeah. To drive his thing, you know, that the motive was not pure. And in, in part of social media is they like the shock factor. They like the attention. And so there are times that conflict is not good. Yeah, I think I'll get back to one of our early podcasts. We talked about having, I can't remember what it was called. I'm sorry. uh, Hard conversations. A lot of it was over politics, things like that. And you and I came to the conclusion that um, as long as all parties are open for new ideas and understanding, it's great. If it's just trying to win over people with your opinion, it's not. So I tell you conflict, which is based off of opinion that is trying to convince me or somebody else, that's, that's not that's not positive conflict. That's not proactive. That's just trying to get your way. Right. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Okay. Um, oh, one thing, trying to get people to be open about feedback. Sometimes it's giving people, there are people that will never dissent because they, they just don't feel comfortable speaking up. And I read just the other day and I'm like, oh, I'm going to share this because this is such a good idea. If you ever have an idea project and you're wanting feedback, instead of saying, can you give me some feedback? You can say, can you rate this on a one to 10? Nice. And then when they say, I'd give it an eight. And then you can say, okay, what, what are the things that could get it to a 10? And then they might feel comfortable saying, well, if you did this, this, or this, or if you added this or whatever, or kind of like an open-ended question versus a closed question. It's right, a, right. It's a, um, it's a means to the end, right? Right, it's right. Instead of saying kind of like feedback strategy, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I like some feedback, and then people are like, "Okay, how do I do this constructively?" It's like all this things go on in our head. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so real Amy, do you think ideal. We're, getting, we're getting a little short on time. Yes, yeah, should we do just yeah. real ideal? Let's do real ideal. And I have just one quick wrap question. We'll go real ideal. The real is conflict happens. It's there. Ideal. Open, open. When you, when you know there can be positive, uh, there can be a positive end to the conflict that there's going to be good that comes out of it. It isn't just arguing with somebody over social media or the woman in the grocery line it's always good to take the personal out of it and make it an open conversation. And again, being open to other people's feelings and opinions and don't make it a, from the very beginning about who's right and who's wrong. I love that. And to that point, I think we're going to close without a wrap question. We will wrap it up next time with a fun question because that was 
the fun question. That was a really good uh, reflection to end on. Thank you, Sandy. Well, goodbye to everyone. And uh, when we when you listen, when we talk next week, it's we're going to say spring has sprung. So spring has sprung. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.